Well, 2022 is winding down very, very quickly, but geez, the sporting world, it never stops joining us here on the show this afternoon to talk all the latest in sport from Fox Sports News, Eloise Sawyer. Eloise, welcome back to the program. Thanks so much for having me back. It's great to be on. Uh, Thank you very much for taking the time. Always a pleasure having you with us. Now, geez, as I mentioned, plenty going on in the world of sport and uh, the World Cup in Qatar. It's been a big talking point over the last month. It just wrapped up across the weekend. Argentina, what a great win it was over France in the final. Three all at the end of extra time and it went to the penalty shootout. Argentina were able to win that 4-2. It was one of the most incredible games of football you'd ever see. What were your thoughts on the game and Argentina overall as a nation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, put it this way, setting your alarm clock for 2 a.m. in the morning is not ideal, but when you're getting up for a final like that, it absolutely makes it worthwhile. I mean, we came into the office the next day, even speaking in the streets, just in general, everyone was talking about this. The scene down at the Opera House where we had a a number of reporters down there, they were just wild. It just Hmm. erupted about the incredible game that we had just witnessed over there in Qatar. I mean, it's incredible to think that the newly crowned world champions, Argentina, started their campaign with a loss to Saudi Arabia in the opening group stage game. So it wasn't as though they were sitting out in front and it was an easy seat then to eventually lift the World Cup and be crowned world champions. It wasn't exactly easy, but of course it was always going to be Messi who got them there in the end. The little magician had them in front early and it was 2-0 at one stage and we thought it was all about over Mm. until, of course, Kylian and Beppe got them back into the game. But overall, I thought Argentina were very uh, worthy winners of of the World Cup and to hold that crown too. And also, of course, I just think topped off a great great campaign for Leo Messi and obviously his international career. There's been talk about whether he would walk away, but he has stated that he's looking to play a few more games with Argentina. So not quite the end for him, but obviously he was just missing that one final, uh, I guess, um, memorabilia and also trophy and also do mm. one more point on his resume to add to his glittering career and he was able to achieve that uh, on Sunday night and um, yeah an incredible feat for him and also to Argentina and the scenes over there in Buenos Aires yeah. continuing to just go crazy yeah they'll be partying long and hard I am certain about that uh, <laughs> yeah you mentioned Lionel Messi uh, it was the missing piece of the puzzle for him he finally reaches that achievement and that milestone Where does it put him now amongst the all-time greats? Well, that's sort of been the conversation post this win for Messi. Is he the greatest of all time, or does he join the likes of Maradona and the ones that we've seen in Pelé in the football world as a goat alongside them? I know we have. I spoke with Robbie Slater, the former Socceroo, the other evening, and we asked him that question on Fox Sports News about whether Leo Messi is now the greatest of all time, and he said no. He just sits alongside other greats of the game. I don't think you can compare them, but he certainly is up there and considering what he has been able to achieve throughout his career. He won the Copa America last year. Uh, He was crowned the Golden Ball winner for best player of the tournament. He really has done it all, and I think he certainly is in that GOAT conversation Mm. to join alongside a lot of others that we've seen in past past times. Now, the World Cup being in Qatar certainly caused a lot of controversy. How do you Mm. think we'll reflect on this World Cup? Do you think we'll look back on it with fond memories of the football that we did see on the pitch, or do you think it'll be a little bit tarnished due to the fact that it was in Qatar and all of the rights issues that have arisen. 
Yeah, I certainly think that a few of those human rights issues that were being spoken about were really at the forefront beginning of the World Cup campaign. I know that when our reporter was there on the ground, that was what a lot of the life costs we were talking about and a lot of the conversation was being marred about a lot of the off-field incidents. But as we got deeper as still past the group stages and deeper into the competition, I feel like a lot of the talk was about what was happening on the field. Mm. Of course, the Socceroos getting as far as, as they did past the group stages was an incredible feat for us back here in Australia. That's what we're all talking about in terms of, uh, you know, Socceroos then on the world stage. Also, final, the way that it ended with Argentina and France, what a way for it to finish. So I, I feel like a lot of the talk at the beginning of the competition was was marred by by that controversy off-field, but by the end of it, it was about the talent and what we were all there for for football. So overall, I feel like in reflection, when you know we get to 2023 and beyond and we look forward to the next World Cup over there in America, Mexico and Canada... I feel like a lot of the talk will be about you know, performances that we did see on the field from countries across the world. Mm. Uh, now, the Socceroos, didn't they perform so well? Made it through to the yeah. round of 16 stage. Unfortunately, they did fall to Argentina, the eventual winners. They ha- they now have their highest FIFA ranking uh, in about a decade. Uh, they yeah. sit 27th. So do you think football here in Australia, do you think we'll be able to continue to grow and capitalise on the success of this Socceroos team? Absolutely. I think Graham Arnold is certainly the man that's been able to put the Socceroos in this position and get them to where they are. And that's what a lot of talk was when, you know, when they arrived back home, the likes of Leckie and Matt Ryan were talking about how much they valued, valued Graham Arnold and what he was able to do in, in bringing that success to the Socceroos. And I think he is the man to take them forward and to allow football to grow even further on the international stage in Australia. And considering what he was able to do over there, it looks like Graham Arnold is expected to sign a new deal in the coming weeks to continue as a Socceroos coach. So if that does come to fruition, well, then certainly, you know, all eyes will be on Graham Arnold to lead us to the next World Cup and also to, to make sure football in Australia continues to grow and grow in a positive way. Obviously, I know we'll get to it in a moment about what's happening over the weekend, but on the international stage, certainly a lot of people are talking about the Socceroos and also to a lot of people, a lot of countries, a lot of football fans are talking about Graham Arnold as well and what he was able to achieve. Yeah, we are speaking to Eloise Sawyer here on Sports Drive this afternoon. You mentioned it there. Football here in Australia did take a bit of a hit over the weekend as well uh, due to the fact that we saw a a huge pitch invasion in the Melbourne Derby at Amy Park. It was really, it was quite disgusting scenes. Um, I I thought it was disappointing to see uh, here in Australian sport. What did you make of the, the pitch invasion that we saw over the weekend? Yeah, it absolutely was. You, you summed it up nicely there, just saying it was really disgusting. It was not sportsmanlike. I mean, to say that they have fans of the game does a, the game a disservice. I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes what I was seeing when it was unfolded, when the game was taking place. And I think a lot of people have been have felt the aftermath of it, just how, how much of a sad day it was. It was a dark day for football on Sunday when all those scenes uh, of Tom Glover being hit with that bucket across his head were being flashed across the world. I mean, everyone was talking about football in Australia, but it was for all the wrong reasons. Victoria Police have confirmed that three men self-presented the stations and have subsequently been charged. 23-year-old was hit with a number of offences relating to that alleged incident involving uh, city goalkeeper Thomas Glover. They are still looking for a number of other people that were involved uh, in the incident that that marched onto the pitch. And obviously also for Melbourne Victory, They've now been given two days to prove why they should not face sanctions over the Melbourne Derby pitch mm-hmm. invasion. They've got until till 9am Australian Daylight Time tomorrow to prove why they should not face sanctions, including financial penalties, loss of competition points, 
forced to play matches behind closed doors or at neutral venues, which is such a disappointing uh, result for those fans that are genuinely there to cheer on their team and were there for the good of the game. But obviously, there needs to be some sort of sanctions that need to, you know, tell these people this cannot ever be tolerated and can never, ever happen again. So it'll mm-hmm. be interesting, a case of watch this space as to what unfolds over the next couple of days and what sort of sanctions are handed down to the club and also to, obviously, to all those involved. It did come off the back of the APL's decision to take the grand finals of the A-League to Sydney for the next three years. What, what was yeah. the feeling like? What's the feeling like over in New South Wales, Eloise, on that decision? Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, being here in New South Wales, I suppose a lot of people were talking about it. It was fantastic for us to have them here, three three grand finals. But I think a lot of people are also understanding the fact that that would be disappointing for football fans. As we know, football grand finals have been earned by where you land on the table. And if you're at the top and you win those rights to the grand final, that's where it plays. So for sure, in New South Wales, well, then great. We know we get to host it here and that's fantastic for the New South Wales government, what have you. But also on the other side of it, we understand that that is disappointing for other teams. So it wasn't a case of us cheering and, and rubbing it in other states' faces. That certainly wasn't wasn't uh, what was going on back here. And I, I suppose, you know, those silent protests that were meant to be planned over the weekend to walk out of the game at the 20-minute mark in protest of the decision for it to be played in New South Wales in the next three years, you know, it was warranted. And, and completely, we agreed with that. That's, that's how they felt they needed to, you know, sort of show their disappointment in, in, the, in the league's decision to do that, then that's fine. But, yeah, certainly it was marred on the weekend by what's taken place and that was just way, way, way over the top in terms of reaction to that decision. Do you think the A-League will recover from this now? Uh, it's definitely going to take a long time. I mean, they've certainly got a, a, a black eye on their face at the moment over what's taking place. And, you know, I suppose they, they, they've stated they won't backtrack from that decision with the New South Wales government to play the grand finals here in Sydney. But certainly a lot of fans are feeling upset and, and especially off the fact that we had such a great success on the world stage at the Football World Cup. Um, It certainly doesn't help what took place in the weekend, and I think the A-League's got a long way to go to be able to turn this around and get the game back to to where it could be, and especially compared to other sporting codes. All right, let's move on. Let's talk some cricket, uh, because we saw a a really intriguing match over the weekend take place at the Gabba, the first test between Australia Mm. and South Africa. The Aussies winners by six wickets. It was done in two days. It was quite remarkable to watch. What did you make of the game? Yeah, it was quite remarkable. It's the first test match on Australian soil to finish inside two days. It's the first time in 91 years. So we were all here at work looking forward for a test match. The next thing you know, it's all wrapped up within two days. And then obviously there was the debate over the pitch that came from that. Or Obviously we saw an incredible 34-wicket fall. It's, I mean, it's remarkable how quick it did wrap up. But... Um, Know, obviously, we move on and we look forward to the Boxing Day test all wrapped up in the Gabba. Mm. But there, the game itself, I thought, uh, you know, the Aussies, I mean, David Warner, we know that there's pressure on him. But overall, I thought, you know, we were definitely in favour there out there on the pitch. And uh, I, I think it's going to be a clean sweep to Australia for this series. Mm. Uh, so they'll be, they'll be looking and, and inspecting that pitch at the Gabba? Yeah, they will be. So... Obviously, that's a hot topic at the moment. The ICC will have the final say on the conditions once they have the match referee report. Obviously, now the teams will focus on the Boxing Day test, but that report will come out and the ICC will make a decision about the wicket. I mean, uh, Dean Elgood did come out and say that he actually spoke to the umpire out there when he was, you know, voiced the fact that he was concerned about it. That Cummins, obviously, he had a different sort of take on it, but... Yes, certainly there will be uh, some conversations to come from that one for sure. Mm. Uh, so some tough decisions uh, coming up for the Aussie selectors. What's what's the latest on David Warner 
and, and mm-hmm. his future. He's been struggling for form as of late. Uh, and yep. also, it's going to be an interesting one when Josh Hazelwood returns yeah. to full fitness because Scotty Boland has just been electrifying the crowds anywhere he goes. Absolutely. As soon as he comes to the crease, he just delivers and he just steps up. And he, he's, he's incredible to watch Scotty Boland. But uh, in terms of David Warner, well, obviously we know his form hasn't been at where it, at his best. We know what he's able to achieve, but lately it's just not been on par. George Bailey says he's well, the Australian selector. Chair of Selective Runs, George Bailey. He's full of confidence that runs are just around the corner, in his words, for David Warner ahead of the Boxing Day test. We know, obviously, David Warner heading into the Gabba was under a lot of pressure. There was stuff that came out about his wife, Candace Warner, being abused down there uh, in Melbourne. Oh, sorry, in Adelaide, rather. And then also, to of course, just coming in against uh, up against South Africa for the first time in a test match in 2018 in Gate. A lot of things going off on off-field for David Warner. No doubt he would have been distracted and nervous heading into that one. So hopefully he can put that behind him and, and focus on the Boxing Day test down there uh, in Melbourne. But certainly George Bailey has backed him so too as his teammates. But, you know, we need David Warner to turn around quick in order for him to get his form back to where it is because that's where we need him to be. Otherwise, I can't see him being picked after this summer. Yeah, it's going to be uh, fascinating to see David Warner and, and his next 12 months, whether or not he does mm. remain in the Australian eleven or not. Uh, what's your prediction for the rest of the series? Who, who do you think comes away with the win now? Australia come away with the win, absolutely. I think Josh. I think Scott, uh, Scotty Boland, rather, on your question before, Scotty Boland will be picked again. Um, even though Josh Hazelwood's likely to be fit to return, I think they'll give Scotty Boland another chance. And I think Australia come away with this to clean sweep. Okay. Uh, well, on to some more news from the day, Eloise. Disappointing for us yep. over here in WA because Robert Whitaker, his fight with Costa has mm. now been cancelled. It's not taking place at UFC 284. Uh, really disappointing news. So what's the reasoning behind this? Yeah, absolutely. Huge news this afternoon. Rob Whitaker actually came out on his Twitter and his Instagram to update fans because there'd been a little bit of a, t- a bit of talk in the media about the fact that this potentially wasn't going to come to fruition and the fight was going to be off. And he confirmed that today, saying, in fact, that it's come down to a contract dispute with Paul Costa. The UFC have gone back to Costa's camp with a new contract, but he still hasn't been able to get it across the line. So they're looking to reschedule Whitaker for a fight in March or April. Yeah, unfortunately for fans of their UFC in Perth, uh, Rob Whitaker won't be out there uh, in the cage. But of course, we will be there cheering on Alex Volkanovski with his lightweight champ, um, his bout with lightweight champ Islam Makhachev. That's still heading, headlining the card. That's going to be a really exciting clash. But disappointing news that Rob Whitaker won't be there on the night for 284 in Perth. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh... Yeah, we, we wish Robert Whitaker all the best, and we would have loved to have seen him uh, fighting over here in WA. Uh, Eloise, before I do let you go, um, as I mentioned off the top, 2022, it's winding down. It's been a great year for sports mm. in general. Do you have a favourite moment or two from the year? Yeah, I do, actually. I think um, looking back in 2022, I mean, there's been so so much has happened on and off the field. There's been some tragic deaths that we saw of Shane Warne. Uh, there's been so much that's happened, but recapping, I actually take my mind back to the beginning, to the Oz Open. Of course, Ash Barty capped an incredible summer by winning the maiden Australian Open women's singles title. It was an incredible match against Daniel Collins at Rod Laver Arena. Um, she is just an inspiration to so many young 
uh, boys and girls across the world um, in tennis and also do not tennis. She's now retired from the game, but a special moment when um, Yvonne Gulagong-Cawley was present, presented her trophy and surprised Ash Barty there on the night. She really is the classic Australian. She's just uh, really such a true blue, down-to-earth lady and She's a very genuine sports star, and that was a very proud moment for me as an Aussie. Oh, yeah. What a great year of sport that we've had. Cannot wait for what is ahead in 2023. Eloise, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting on the show, not only today, but across the year, as mentioned. Uh, thank you very thank much for you. your time, and uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from uh, all of us here at Sport FM. Thank you so much, and yes, a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you as well. And you too. Uh, and there she goes, Eloise Sawyer from Fox Sports News. I thank her for her time on today's show.